Hello everyone and welcome back. Before we get started, I have a question for you. Do you know what a digital native is? A digital native is someone who was born after the advent or the invention of the internet. Strictly speaking, it is someone who doesn't know what life was like personally before the internet. With respect to that definition, Chris and I aren't actually digital natives. As he puts it, we grew up somewhat before the invention of the internet, the modern version of the internet, and we grew up alongside the rise of the internet. So we kind of know both worlds. And that will be the focus of today's episode. Also, he and I want to touch on the rise of social media and parasocial relationships. With that being said, let's begin. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. How are you? I'm good. I um, had a pretty weird work week. Uh, had its ups and downs, but I went to the doctor this week and I got my wrist brace off. So. And how's that going? That's... So can you use your, your hand now? Well, I could before. It's more oh. of a matter of I'm trying to get my range of motion back. So I've been prescribed exercises I'm supposed to do uh 10 times a day two different exercises and just hopefully i can get to the point where i can bend my wrist properly again yeah that sucks what is it like carpal tunnel um no uh i believe the diagnosis they gave me was oh i can't believe i'm um i can't believe i'm forgetting the term it's a super common term it's what people usually get when they spend a lot of time on their computer um not arthritis but that is carpal tunnel isn't it when you do I, like, probably when you... that is as well oh man it's a super common term and i <laughs> of course because we're on the podcast i can't remember it but but basically yeah it's it's a non-permanent kind of injury it's just something that uh is going to take time basically i atrophied everything in my wrist by not moving it for like two months and now oh, that everything okay. is all small and weak i can start you know working it back into shape and Hopefully, I won't need physical therapy, but if I do, I do. Okay, no, that's not carpal tunnel. So, for those who don't know, so carpal tunnel is basically like you do the same motions over and over and over, and you kind of overstrain certain muscles, usually like in your in your hand, and that often happens to people who are like stuck at computers and just type the whole time, or like from like a mouse because you know you move it back and forth and you do the same motions. So that's carpal tunnel syndrome, but. That's not from the muscles being too weak. I think it's from overusing them, I would say. Right. Well, this is me intentionally weakening, weakening them. I, I hit oh. my wrist. So uh, in order to figure out what was going on and heal it, I had to, you know, have everything in that area atrophy and heal properly. Oh. So oh. I'll probably, hopefully I'll think of it for the podcast. <laughs> so, but, yeah. But, hey, how was your week? Uh pretty good so the weather is getting a lot better um it was raining the whole time and this is the first time probably in three weeks uh to where it's not super cold however uh the german government has issued um a new lockdown so we can't leave our houses between what is it 10 p.m and 6 a.m i believe which i mean okay i'm, I'm at home anyway but still yeah um, yeah, it sucks. I will tell you this though, uh it's been snowing here. Oh, is it? 
Oh. Yeah, but it's like warm in the day sometimes. So what that means is since I park my car outside, it'll snow overnight. Uh, the snow will melt, but it's going to keep snowing and it's going to freeze and then it's going to snow over that ice. So every morning I have to like, you know, break my car out of a hunk of ice. It would be better if it was just like, you know, constantly freezing. So so I just wipe away the snow, but now I have to deal with ice and snow. Oh, yeah, but it'll be spring soon there, too, I bet. It's, it's been spring for over a month. We've had a couple days where it's hit 70, but it just keeps teasing us and going back to snowing. Yeah, I I have a couple Japanese friends, and they send me pictures from Japan, and right now is kind of like the Sakura seasons, where a lot of the Sakura trees are blossoming. Right. And uh, there's this Japanese tradition uh, known as Hanami, which means like flower watching. So Hana being flower and me being to like watch her to look. And yeah, it's beautiful. And I wish we had that here too. But I have just like ugly. Oh, they're not ugly. They're just boring trees, like run of the mill trees. <laughs> but but yeah. Well, you can, I don't know how much of a tourist destination it is for people who actually live there, but you guys have the Black Forest. Uh, yeah, it's pretty far away though. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a couple hundred kilometers or like. Oh yeah, that? that's a. Oh, that must be the opposite side of Germany that you're in. Yeah. Oh, where's the Black Forest? I believe that's... In, I, I gotta cheat real quick. I believe the Black Forest is in the south. Uh, <sighs> I feel like I should know because I studied it in high school. Yeah. In high is. school in German class. I was right. I was right. Uh, can I south. embarrass myself by sure. attempting a guess? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. And uh, preface this, I'm like 50% sure the guess I'm about to make isn't uh -huh. even a place in Germany. So I'm mm. about to embarrass myself. Is it Bremen? No, Bremen? No, that's in the other, that's in the north. Hey, but it's a real place. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bremen is in the north. No, this one's in, uh, what is it here? Baden-Württemberg. So it's in the south. Yeah, okay. but no, I've never been to the Black Forest. <laughs> uh, it's way too far. But yeah. So let's get started with the topic. And before we do, I want to play you something. Okay. Uh, so I'll have to preface this to everyone. I hope this isn't too loud. If it is, uh, turn down your volume so that it doesn't hurt your ears, but it should be pretty quiet. It, it shouldn't be too bad. He tested yeah. it. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah, so that's the that's the only part I'm gonna play. So do you know this sound? Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> I didn't spend too much of my life having to deal with that, uh, but man, that's a that's a very nostalgic sound. I've heard it in person before, of yeah. course, but also uh, that used to be that sound used to be all over advertising. Yeah. So for those who don't know, I don't know how it is outside of the U.S., but. Um, this was the dial-up connection uh, for AOL. Do you know what AOL means, by the, by the way? Uh, American Online? Yeah, American yeah, Online? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, American Online. And America Online was the biggest provider of internet in the 90s. Um, you and I technically don't count as digital natives, but... No, I, think I, I would argue... Um, yeah. And this might just be me trying to mm. find value in our generation or 
no, that's yeah. a weird way of putting it. But I, I feel like we kind of hit the sweet spot where we grew up without it a bit. Yeah. But we also grew up alongside it. So we are intimately familiar with how it works. It's not weird to us at all. But yeah, that's true. it was gaining functionality as we were growing. So we know how to function without it. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's actually the beauty of it. I, I can sort of remember my life before the internet. But that was really only like the first three or four years of my life, maybe. Because right. At the, in the mid 90s, because I'm a 90s kid. And well, sorry, you, but, <laughs> but like after like the mid 90s, there was just internet. And yeah, I guess I'll let you explain because I don't want to like uh, steal all the, the, the stuff, but maybe you can explain a little bit, but like dial up and what that was. So um, I think you're a few years older than me as I was born yeah. in 94, which on something like this would make a pretty big difference. I do yeah. remember a little bit. The biggest thing I remember was uh, being at my grandparents on the weekend and uh, my uncle lived with my grandparents and he would be trying to do stuff on his computer and they would have to like, oh, you know, is anyone on the phone? Like, hey, please don't be on the <laughs> phone right now. Or if someone calls, don't answer. I'm trying to do something. Because uh, that's how it used to have to be. You'd have to, I think there were services you could pay for to have like dedicated internet. That was very expensive. Uh, yeah. But other than that, you had to pick one. You want to be on your phone right now or do you want to be on the computer? You can't have both. And if I, I think if you tried to be on the phone, I can't remember if getting on the phone would just kick the internet off or if it would just play that sound over the phone. It would it would play that sound. And it's the same sound as like the fax machine. Oh, um, no, it's not. Okay, hold on. Rant time. It's not? Hold on. Hold on. So <laughs> for my job as a freight broker, I end up having yeah. to call a lot of uh, trucking companies. Uh -huh. And there are websites we use to find them and they have ratings to make sure they're not, you know, out on the road killing people. We don't want to okay. work with people like that. So they always have a phone number listed. Mm -hmm. Every now and again, for some reason, instead of the phone number being listed first, the fax will be listed first, or there won't be a phone number and just a fax listed. And I'm at work and I'm just autopiloting and I'm trying to, you know, go, go, go. I'm not mm -hmm. reading if it says phone or fax every time. And when you accidentally <laughs> call a fax machine, oh my God, oh my God, is that loud? Like, oh, oh, that hurts. Don't ever call a fax machine. Do not do it. It is not worth the curiosity. <laughs> it's just a loud, piercing shrill. Oh. I didn't know that. Okay, then I stand corrected. Um, it's the same kind of sound, but like fax is like cranked up to a new level. But you would hear the sound if you would, if you were, if someone was using the internet, um, you would hear the sound. And so you would have to disconnect the internet in order to talk on the phone. And for those who don't know, the reason being is that internet and phone, they use the same connection. But fa fast forward, like let's say about 10 years or so um, to like the early 2000s, then you have like DSL. And DSL was vastly superior to uh, dial-up. Fun fact, they're actually today in the US, people who still have dial-up and they get it from AOL. And it's a 56K, oh, don't quote me on this, but I think it's like a 56K modem connection. Oh my God. Which is, which is painfully slow. Oh my God, it's painfully slow. Um, and this is probably more common in your neck of the woods because people who have dial-up live out in the countryside. Not saying that you live in the countryside. Right, but, you know. but I am countryside adjacent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
here's here's what I'll tell you that I know <clears throat> about mm-hmm. people like that. Yeah. So I don't know too much about necessarily dialect for people who live out in the sticks, but I do know about um, there are more rural internet options. A lot of them are satellite based, and they mm-hmm. are very expensive. Oh yeah, satellite phone. How, however, yeah. um, I don't know how much you've been paying attention to the Starlink internet that's been coming out. Mm, not even a bit. Are you familiar with it at all? No, I don't think so. So Starlink, the idea is basically um, you launch internet satellites around the country, and they've already started this. I have a friend who has Starlink, uh, mm-hmm. and the idea is eventually we're going to have enough satellites <clears throat> and they're going to be uh, orbiting the Earth enough that you should have very good internet coverage north pole to south pole, I think, is the idea. So oh. I know um, it might be slightly different now with Starlink, but I know uh, <laughs> like the south pole, um, you know, research facilities and stuff that's down there. Yeah, I was yeah, watching yeah. some documentary stuff about that. They have they do have a 24 hour Internet connection. But they only have an internet connection uh, you could measure in megabyte, megabytes for a few hours a day. Other than that, it's kilobytes. And it's like something you could send a text document over, like, help me please, or something like that. You know? You're not sending anything more complicated than that at a reasonable speed. And in that few hour window a day, you know, they'll send more important things or they'll, you know, the people who are there can yeah. talk with their families. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard Google doing that, um, or something similar, doing like weather balloons and whatnot. I think it was Facebook who was, I remember, I think Mark Zuckerberg put, put out a video a few years ago where he was talking about doing something like that. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to Facebook here in a bit, but uh, but you said megabytes, I think you meant megabits. I, um, I, I always mix the two up, and, th- and that's extra embarrassing for me because I've taken several networking classes. I should know how this works. Yeah, so so I think everyone knows, just for clarification, so data speed, so if you're talking about like USB or if you're talking about like um, connecting something to a computer, that's usually registered in megabytes. So like 25 megabytes per second or 35 or whatever. Whereas for internet speed is always measured in bits. Yes. And then it sounds like a lot. So I, what do I have for connection? I, I think I have something like with 280 megabits per second. Oh yeah, you have, like that, a, you have that nice European internet. Yeah, which sounds like a lot, but it, it's megabits, not megabytes. And in megabytes, that should be like 25 per second. I think but internet is always... It's always in bytes. Yeah. Bits. It's always in... Yeah, so, yeah there you go. <laughs> We're, yeah, we're 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 confusing each other <laughs> yeah yeah internet is always in bits yes um, that's how they get you a lot of people think it's the same but it's not anyway um <clears throat> yeah so dial-up is still actually alive and kicking in some parts of the u.s especially in rural areas as for internet coverage in germany it is pretty good but uh, it's it is also spotty in Germany, I don't think I don't even know if Germany's in the top ten of internet speeds. I believe that would probably be like Korea and Japan, who have the highest internet, and maybe some of the Nordic countries. So Scandinavia, or not Scandinavia, 
uh, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Iceland, they have relatively high internet speeds. Right. I know there's been a fight to kind of, because kind of the problem is, you know, when the U.S. is usually in front of a lot of these things, mm. like these newer technological innovations, the problem is we're one of the first to do it. So that means all our infrastructure is old. So... Yeah. The, the infrastructure in the U.S., that's, um, that's a good topic for another day, but the, uh, it's not the best in a lot of places. Right, but I mean specifically the internet infrastructure. Like, yeah. like there's been, you know, people want to put fiber optic cables down to speed up internet speeds. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, a lot of towns are like, yes, please. And a lot of towns, you know, have you know money internet and cable companies lobbying against them doing that and they're like no in fact we're gonna make it illegal for you to ever do that no reason yeah so is your internet capped or do you have unlimited internet at home like for data amount yeah yeah do you have a data cap for your home internet connection uh no i i can't say i know of any plans stateside that would be like that that weren't like on your phone like for your home huh. internet, it should be uncapped. Yeah, see, so I knew of some people who actually had a cap in the US. So they had like, let's say 300 gigabytes per month or something, but- Oh, that sounds awful. awful. It is awful. <laughs> but uh, I've heard of people who've had like internet caps like at home, like not from your phone. But, yeah, that sounds miserable. The idea of like every web page you click, every, every little thing you do, you're ticking down allowance. Yeah uh because i work from home like almost half the world right now or at least in germany at least but i i checked what i used and i used almost one terabyte of data (laughs) in the past month so there's no way i could pay for that um but yeah so that's kind of like the early beginnings of the internet so like it all started in the 90s and as chris said he and i are more of like a tipping point and this is like that's the beginning of the internet as we know it there were you know other more primitive versions but this is when it started being more modernly recognizable yeah so if you're interested in the history of the internet which we won't really get into that um you should definitely google it it's really interesting and a lot of it kind of started off as a military project in the 50s and 60s as many things tend to yeah so at like the beginning of the early 2000s um we had the rise of like social networks I don't know if you remember like stuff like MySpace and Friendster. Uh, I think I've heard the term Friendster before, but I had a MySpace for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Friendster was the forerunner to MySpace. So it was started at around, oh, what was it like 99, 2000? Oh, and wow. It, yeah. And so it was one of the first websites where you could actually meet people online, uh, like friends. Um, and then that kind of folded and turned into Match.com. And Match.com was one of the first online dating websites. And that's still yeah. around and pretty big, right? Yeah, yeah, it's still around. It's been around for a long, long time. Also eBay, um, although eBay's not social networks, but you had like the dot-com bubble. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. Yes. Yeah. So for those who don't know, so around like the, the mid-90s, people started realizing like, hey, internet, it's a really good thing. We can make money. And you had a whole bunch of people starting internet websites. And it grew, 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 and then pop, it, it busted. So it was the bubble. And a lot of companies went bankrupt. Um, but a couple of them survived. 
eBay being one of them, and of course the the juggernaut Amazon is <laughs> uh, it's still around and kicking. So it's, it was also a product of the the dot com bubble, as far as I'm aware. Right. Um, I remember learning a few years ago. I can't remember how old, but Amazon <clears throat> is a lot older than most people would realize. Yeah, it's super old. Um, when I first moved to Germany ten years ago, no one had ever heard of Amazon here. Like it wasn't even like on the map. And it was just a place where you could buy books. And I remember I was in Spanish class. We had to buy a book for like verb conjugation. And I, I found this website like Amazon. Like, what is Amazon? I was like, oh, you can buy a book for like $2. Like I'm in for that. Like I'm going to buy a book for two bucks instead of 20. So, hmm. but, but yeah, MySpace. Um, I, I don't use mine anymore. I don't know if you do. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it even still exists. I know a lot of social media websites will purge old accounts once they hit a certain amount of inactivity, especially Twitter, because people Twitter grab Twitter? really good like Twitter handles and then do nothing yeah. with them and other people want them. <laughs> uh... But from what I hear, and this is a couple yep. years ago, so it might not still be true, but it probably is. Mm -hmm. MySpace is still relatively used. It's mostly used for people to like, post stuff like if they're a a music artist or a band or something like that they, exactly. they'll use myspace a good amount that was the original intent of myspace myspace was actually meant for people who were like in bands oh really yeah it was it was actually developed as an independent label website so people who like kind of like indie if you want to look at it like that and they quickly realized you know a lot of people on this website aren't actually musicians they're just hanging out for fun and they kind of, and they really switched up their their model and then once facebook came into town they're like yeah um we're, we're gonna close up shop and go back to our old business model so it's still around but no one uses it i mean no, no, yeah no a well, what's funny is a small group of people are still using it and it's basically being used as originally intended yeah, exactly. Yeah. Eking out a modest existence. Who ended up, was it Facebook that bought MySpace? I can't remember who bought MySpace. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake bought MySpace. What? Yeah. So do you remember Tom? Of course. He's yeah. everybody's friend. Yeah. So if you were on MySpace, so now this is like the, like the early 2000s. If you were on MySpace and you joined, you would have one friend automatically. And that would be Tom, the, the founder of the website. And he was everyone's friend. <laughs> so if you went to Tom's profile, he had like 3 million friends. <laughs> right. But so, you were, he automatically he got to be everyone's friend. But you know what? He had a likable profile picture and nobody was too upset about it. Yeah. So you know whatever happened to him? Um, I know he made a lot of money. I don't. Oh, he, made a, he made a lot of money. So um, didn't he kind of just, as far as I know, he kind of just took the money and settled down, right? Pretty much. So Tom was a was a photographer, by so his hobby was photography, and after MySpace got bought up and this and that, and he realized it was no longer viable, he's like, I'm just gonna take the money, run with it, and become a photographer. Yeah, yeah and he and made he, like I think he made at least double digits millions. Yeah, probably. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if it was three digit millions. The dude uh, set for life. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know there are some people. You know, you hear the stories, people win the lottery or something like that, and they're like dumb and blow all their money right away. But 
it's yeah. if you're smart i, I mean I, I don't think either of us have ever been in this position but i feel like looking mm. in it's easy to say like you have a hundred million dollars invest like 50 million of it really smartly buy like 10 things you really want and then live mm. semi-modestly and you'll be fine yeah but yeah, it's not I'd how that works <clears throat> i don't know all the things i want to buy are relatively cheap like if i had a couple million dollars like i think the most i'd spend would probably be like a couple thousand like maybe on electronics but that's just you know yeah dreaming. <laughs> for me it'd be like all right buy like buy like a top-end computer which maybe yeah. ten thousand dollars Ooh, and then yeah. maybe get like a tesla or something like a long-term investment maybe yeah, just... towards a house and you know houses tend to go up in value and then there you go yeah, just be careful with Tesla and to use the autopilot properly because people have been dying because they're not paying attention. I like the technology, uh, but, you know, I, I feel like I'd want to drive my own car. Yeah, same here, same here. So so MySpace is now, like, we're on our timeline, so MySpace is kind of, you know, dead and gone. And then come, I would say, the mid-2000s, so 2005, 2006, 2007, around there, you have a new player in town and uh it's facebook yes i i don't know if you remember the rise of facebook at all or if you noticed it so it's kind of weird a lot of my memories with a lot of these big internet mm -hmm. phenomenon it's not i don't remember learning about them i just remember when i decided to go in when it felt like everybody else was in so what i remember is <clears throat> when i was in eighth grade I, my kindergarten through eighth grade school that i started in second grade was a private uh, religious school. It mm. total had less than 300 students. Oh, so wow. ev so you basically, you know, you knew everyone and the people you went up, there were a couple people you might lose or gain every year in your grade, mm. but you pretty much knew everybody for years. So when it was coming around to going to high school, we were going to much bigger schools. I remember making a Facebook profile to like say, hey, I'm doing this, these classes in high school. What's mm. everyone else doing? And that's kind of when I remember diving in and uh, I remember it being a big deal. And then mm. eventually it wasn't because then Twitter came around and it was the new exciting thing. Uh, yeah. So for me, when I was in high school, everyone was talking about Facebook because, you know, I was like, I had just gotten onto MySpace and I felt really cool because, you know, now I have a MySpace. And then like a year later, people were like, oh, like MySpace is out. We're using Facebook. And I was like, what is Facebook? I've, I've never heard of it. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is so stupid. I don't want to use this. And then, you know, because peer pressure, MySpace starts dying and no one's on MySpace anymore. So you have to go to the new Yeah, place. well, it's a social media website if nobody's on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I eventually lost all my data from MySpace. It would be cool to see if you could open up your, your old account. I might try that later just to see if <laughs> I'm not, I think I know the email would be under. Oh, I don't mm. know what the password would be. I might be able to recover it, but that would be, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I have like 10 email addresses. I don't know if I'll ever find it, but, <laughs> but yeah. So that's pretty much like the rise of social media. And so, um, you had said you wanted to talk on what was it called like parasocial oh yeah relationships and so that kind of ties into um like social media and social networks and stuff like that and especially the wanna... rise of youtube 
Yeah, yeah, but that that what was that 2007, 2008, 2006, yeah. I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the website actually launched in late 2005, and then I think Google mm-hmm. bought it in like 2006, 2007, somewhere in there. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. My not MySpace. So YouTube was started by um, two former employees of PayPal, and then YouTube got really big, and they sold it. I think for like a billion to Google. And I don't know, like the guys who sold it, they're still pretty rich. So <laughs> a good investment. Yes. Um, and YouTube was also one of those things. Like I can, I don't remember discovering it, but like my early, I just remember like using it and being like, of course that exists. Of course that's an obvious default place to go. Yeah. This is like such a weird memory, but like my first, I don't know if I'd say first, but like my earliest memory of like just using YouTube and having no uh no doubt that that's what i should be using was Mm. i was in high school freshman year so it'd be 2008 and we were in a computer lab doing an english assignment and i finished and i i don't know why this is what i decided to do in a classroom full of my peers but i went on youtube and like i'll look up cute cat videos (laughs) i'm like this that's a dumb thing to do in high school if you don't want to get made fun of, but that's what I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, that's for some reason that's like my earliest YouTube memory. Uh, what's my earliest YouTube memory? Uh, that would be that should be a hashtag. Um, oh earliest, god, earliest Twitter memory or earliest Facebook memory. Uh, I don't remember what it was for YouTube, but what I do remember is that it was like the Wild West in the very beginning where you could pretty much find anything with the exception of pornography. Um, I'm sure you could or, find that if you dug hard enough to. Well, at the very beginning, probably. Um, but they were a little bit green around the gills, so a bit inexperienced. And there was a lot of anime on YouTube. Oh, yeah. That's how a lot of people ended up watching shows. And yeah. and because and because uh, YouTube videos were capped at 10 minutes, there would every episode would be breaking de- broken down into three parts. <laughs> Oh, was that the reason? I didn't know that. Um, yes. Oh, okay. And now That's, it's funny yeah. that if you don't hit 10 minutes on a YouTube video, the YouTube algorithm will hate you and not huh. push your video very hard. Yeah, I, I watched a lot of Naruto. I probably watched like 400 episodes and like 300 episodes of One Piece on YouTube. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, because it was all, but you can't, well, you could probably still find it now, but it's a lot harder. Um, yes. And even if you're trying to find clips of something on the on, uh, especially anime clips on YouTube, uh, a lot of times they'll take the pitch and pitch it down and pitch it up a little bit, and they'll mm. shrink the video to take up maybe like eighty percent of the screen. Just all these little things they can do to oh, trick yeah. the uh, trick the YouTube systems, and they might mirror the image so that you know everyone's flipped and. Yeah, but there are so many. But back then, you didn't really have Netflix. You didn't really have a place to go and um, stream these things. So when I was in high school, Netflix wasn't even a thing. It was actually a DVD service where you would send, you would order a DVD online. They would send you a DVD. You'd watch it and send it back. Yeah. But you couldn't stream anything because at that time, the internet was way too slow to stream like HD, which wasn't even really around. So... I remember, um, I think I was in high school. I discovered, mm. I don't know if you've ever watched it, but the sci-fi series Eureka. 
Uh, rings the bell, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, it's basically about a small town in Oregon that is secretly the head of like a a large. Uh, I can't remember if it's government or just works with the government. But like basically, super huge, important research facility where they do all sorts of weird science stuff and the sh- mm-hmm. the main character bumps into town and becomes the sheriff and basically it's a you know problem of the week kind of thing but i remember getting really into it and i was ordering the dvds yeah. and as i finished the most uh my last dvd i was waiting for see the last season was just about to be released on dvd so as soon as it came out i ordered it and then i was on the netflix app on my Wii, I think it was. Oh, yeah. And uh, it said like, oh, you can watch this now. I'm like, what? So I was like, I already had it coming in the mail. I'm like, I could just watch this now? Because I knew the streaming existed, but in my mind, it was like, oh, that's for like the way old stuff or it's very limited. But that that's when I realized, oh, you can just watch stuff as soon as it comes out. This is great. Yeah, it was instant gratification. So I think that is the number one thing we've gotten from the internet is you can have anything as fast as you want it as long as it's not physical you can pretty much get anything um but netflix at the very beginning was awesome because it was pretty much like youtube where you had everything like i could find like old french movies from like the 50s and stuff like that but i don't know if you remember blockbuster yep but yeah so it was a dvd rental service And to cut to cut like to cut to the chase, um, Netflix was like, "We're gonna like do a streaming service," and Blockbuster was like, "Oh, that's so stupid. No one wants that." Yeah, and now Netflix is one of the biggest uh, providers of movies, but no one ever thought streaming would actually take off, and so you had a lot of these companies just giving Netflix licenses to like do Star Wars or you know Superman movies and whatnot, and then they started realizing like, hey we can make a lot of money off this. And so once the contracts expired with Netflix, they started creating their own services. So now you got like Disney plus and Apple TV and, and I don't know what, whatever, but yeah, I miss those days. <laughs> if I remember right, uh, I think blockbuster did hold on for a little bit, trying to do the mail DVD thing as well. Yeah. They, blockbuster has one store left in Alaska um, it's in alaska i knew they had one left but yeah it's i think it's in alaska there's a documentary about it yeah i haven't I, seen it though i could kind of see how it would survive just due as due to it being you know a fun tourist destination but man alaska yeah no it actually it is a tourist destination but you can really rent dvds there um but yeah so to get like to the one point i touched on before before we run out of time is like this idea of like parasocial relationships so oh yeah so um, knowing so i guess since your topic i guess you can explain a bit so the idea of a parasocial relationship is a one-sided relationship so um a famous celebrity or politician if you see them you know speak a lot and you have an idea of who they are you know maybe they you know they like chinese food and hate mexican food or stuff like that and you know little things about them they don't know anything about you. They don't even know you exist. That's a parasocial relationship. And we've always had those in society. You know, there's always been people who know of other people, but with the rise of the internet and especially people like YouTube stars, people who 
will get on camera five, seven days a week and just talk to the camera about their life. It's gotten, I don't want to say worse, but it's just gotten to a more extreme point than it ever has before. So you have all these people who feel like they know these internet celebrities on a deeply personal level. Cause on some level, you know, they do, you know, mm. some of these people are just, you know, making content and trying to keep their personality on out of it. But some people are just sitting in front of a camera and talking for 10, 15 minutes a day about their life, their likes and their dislikes. So you kind of have a good idea of what they're about. Mm. So you meet them in person and you feel like, you know, Hey, we're like, we're great friends. I know you so well, but they don't again they don't know anything about you they don't even know you exist so it's kind of it's a weird thing and it's one of those things i don't think human brains are super wired to deal with yeah so that so i i so i watch a whole bunch of youtube and i'm subscribed to probably like 200 channels and there's this one channel called cyrus north and it's about it's a french youtube channel and the guy did kind of like a straw poll and he asked his viewers do you think I'm your friend? And I th he got like a couple thousand responses. And most of them said, yeah. And he, and then he talked about that and he's, and he's like, but I'm not your friend. Like, you don't even know who I am. Like you see me on YouTube, you watch my videos, but I'm not your friend, you know? And that was the title of his video. He says like, I'm not your friend. And it is kind of weird because you form a lot of bonds with these people that you've never met. And you probably never will meet. And and as you said correctly, this has kind of always been around, especially like with TV, you know? Right. But I think it's even stronger because of the internet, because now you can do like live streaming or the, or the I hate this word, but you know, like the influencers, uh, they can post like multiple videos a day and this and that, or I guess do like a meet and greet, like real quick. But and, and it can turn into a dangerous situation these days. Oh, definitely. I mean, there, I mean, there's so many stories about them being stalked. Right. Well, uh, and it's not even like, I, I think the thing that's scariest to me is that the yeah. people who do it don't think they're doing anything wrong. I remember uh, Philip DeFranco might have been more than five years ago now, but uh, yeah. one day uh, he was recording an episode like it's kind of on camera. Mm. Um, a guy just walks in the back door. He's like, hey, man, what's up? And he just stands up, like, and you know, walks over to cut him off. He's like, "Hey, uh, who are you? What are you doing here?" It's like, "Oh, you know, I, you know, I'm a big fan. You know, I'm just coming to hang out and check it out." I was like, uh, "That's not okay. You can't just come in here." Oh wow, I didn't know that. And uh, I think uh, Boogie Two Nine Eight Eight had something like that happen to him, where someone just showed up at his house, like, "Hey." You know, I, I identify with a lot of the problems you've been through in your life. Like, I've been through a lot of those problems, too. We're such good friends. Like, look, you know, maybe we could have been if you'd approached this a different way. But you, you can't just show up at my house. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. a huge problem. Um, but that's, uh, to some extent, that's also kind of their fault. Not necessarily those specific cases, but a lot of these people try to sell themselves as being very relatable, as being your friend, as being like, the guy or girl next door i know what you're going through and it all comes off as being very sympathetic and charismatic and that's kind of like the end result although that's not a justification for you know just stalking someone no but that's why i always say you really got to be careful about the information you reveal um especially on facebook because i don't know what kind of people you have on your facebook if you have one but on mine i often people's uh they post photographs of their kids 
or they see like hey my daughter Susie goes to uh abc elementary and she usually gets out at like i don't know 2 p.m and it's like you don't know who's reading this and that's the huge disadvantage of like social media yes and i've tried um I, I basically got rid of my Facebook a few years ago. I still technically have one. Uh, I use it mostly because I have group chats with several groups of friends that I use on Messenger, so I can't delete it. But I basically, I made a post three, four years ago saying, hey, nothing personal to anyone. I am basically deleting every friend I have on here that is not someone in a group chat I'm regularly speaking to. It's nothing against anybody, nothing personal. I just kind of want out. Um, mm -hmm. I joined a Facebook group recently actually for the first time in years and made a post it was a group uh for my city's uh tabletop role-playing game community basically saying yeah. hey can i please play with somebody i'm looking for a game i'm i feel desperate to play a tabletop role-playing game again hey anybody listening hit me up on discord if you're looking for a tabletop role-playing game player i'll play anything yeah i feel the same way i uh, the only thing i use my facebook for is posting is posting funny pictures um <laughs> but i don't i don't ever post like anything personal about me about my wife um about where i live uh my my job my hobbies none of that it's really just to keep in contact with my friends and family and to let them know like hey i'm still alive um but with the rise of social media there's also a lot of cyberbullying. I don't know if you were ever a victim of that. A um, bit, yeah. Not well, huge, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that was really scary, you know, because before, like, the internet, even if people were mean to you at work or school, you had the comfort of being safe in your own home. Whereas now, like, they can get you anywhere. <laughs> right. So if they want, so in, our lives are so connected to the internet, unless you live, like, you know, under a rock, there's no way to escape that. Right. The argument it's, used to be, well, why don't you just go off the internet? But even in like 2008, they were like, you don't understand this. This is life now. Yeah. Yeah. But it is life. I understand. I, I believe we could do like less is more. So definitely having less internet is probably maybe a good idea, but it's, it's such a fixed part of our lives. There's no way to like, like get rid of it. It would be like saying, uh, I don't want to use bikes. I don't want to use buses. I don't want to use trains or planes. I'll just walk everywhere. Right. And it's is, such it's, an undeniably powerful tool. It is. It's super powerful. Even if you um, don't use it for any kind of networking, um, like social yeah. networking, you 90%, well, most people in you know developed countries have a device in their pocket that gives them access to the collective knowledge of the human race across all of history. Yeah, and that is an, unbelievably powerful. And that's not an exaggeration. When you think, like, if you think like a hundred years ago, you know, like if you really wanted access to, like, really any kind of information, you had to go to university or you had to go to a library. Whereas now, you can pretty much teach yourself anything. There's so much information on the internet, and most of it's free. You know, like if you go to YouTube, I mean, granted, you got to watch a stupid ad. But for the most part, all this stuff is just, you know, up for grabs, basically. Yep. So, but with, you know, as, as was once said by Uncle Ben, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> yes. So, and that was kind of, I think that was kind of a scary thing for us because 
um, we grew, we didn't grow up in the internet. We grew up with it uh, alongside yeah, it. So we had to kind of learn the rules on the fly. I'm sure we've both made, done some really stupid things on the internet in our time. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like the biggest thing, I didn't do it, but there were plenty of kids in my school who were doing it and probably your school too, is, you know, like sexting, you know, sending like explicit uh, pictures of themselves to other people. And because that was like with, with the rise of cell phones, which, you know, that was also pretty dangerous because then that led into cyberbullying mm-hmm. because now you can, now you can blackmail people with pictures of them. Right. Uh, but I, I consider myself lucky. The worst I can think of is some cringy YouTube comments. And every yeah. now and again, someone will comment on like a 10 year old comment you made and like, Oh, don't make me remember this. I don't <laughs> want to remember. I said this. <laughs> But um, yeah. we are coming close to end of time. So I did have one yeah. more thing I wanted sure. to hit. I don't know about you. No, no, you go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Okay. So this is a legitimate question I have for you, and I'm going to answer it mm-hmm. as well because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. charitable like that. Yeah. What is the first thing you remember as being like a big deal on the internet? Like more than just like a, like a, a side distraction, like, oh, this is like a kind of a serious, more time consuming thing. You mean like the, the, the thing that like impressed me the most about the internet? Maybe. All right. Let me give you my answer and maybe that'll kind of sure, help sure, you sure. understand what I'm going for because my yeah. words are failing me apparently. Mm-hmm. So for me, I remember second grade. So I would have been seven or eight. Mm-hmm. All the kids in my class were talking about this online game called RuneScape, which was an MMORPG of the time. It had a free version and a paid version. Um, and I remember it was a big deal. Everyone was talking about, oh, you know, I have x amount of gold and i got this kind of weapon made of this material and everyone in class was playing it and you know i started playing it too i'm like oh you get into this world there's all these complex mechanics there's voice chat you can talk with anyone you you know who knows who i'm talking to that's crazy and i could meet up with people i know in person in the game like that's nuts uh that's what you mean yeah i think for me it probably would have been ms msn messenger (laughs) <laughs> would probably be like the biggest thing because the fact that you could actually talk to someone on a computer you've ne- you'd never met before um and just sit there and chat with them i thought that was amazing <clears throat> i wasn't really like a gamer back then and the idea of like playing video games on your computer sounded kind of odd to me because i was more like at least my circle we were more like let's do like uh, super mario or n64 or ps1 <clears throat> but i didn't really have the money for like a good gaming computer and they were relatively expensive in the day now you can just get a gaming computer for like 400 bucks but back then you had to spend a bit more uh it's if you want a proper gaming pc it's especially these days probably at least a grand well that i guess it really depends on how how hardcore you are for me i i do like relatively light gaming i probably pay like two games a year (laughs) so it's i don't really do that much but yeah you're definitely right the games have gotten a lot more intensive um so yeah to answer your question i really think like uh, the the instant messaging services like yahoo messenger msm messenger um i thought it was crazy that you could talk to people from other parts of the world um a funny story i remember and i guess we can end with that is i was talking on msm messenger and i had met this guy in yahoo chat and i was like hey where are you from and he's like yeah i'm from india and i was like oh that's so cool and I was like, so what's life like in India? He's like, no, I'm not from India. I'm from Indiana. And so, <laughs> and, he, and he mistyped it. Uh, 
Yeah, it's like a stupid little story, but I'll never forget it because I felt so dumb. Uh, <laughs> just, just like the chat rooms too. That's kind of where you know I first came in contact with other languages, like you know, because they had Yahoo chat rooms in like German, Spanish, French. Um, they eventually got shut down though because unfortunately people were misusing them to meet up with you know minors. So they quickly shut down all those uh, chat rooms. But yeah. Yeah, um, that's that's a whole that's a whole another rabbit hole we could go down. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah that that's definitely a story for another day. So um, so I got no more questions. Do you? Uh, I think we hit everything we could reasonably hit in this amount of time. Perfect. Yeah. So that was a, a nice trip down memory lane, and we'll be back next week with a brand new topic. As always, thanks so much for listening. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, um, constructive criticism, or or the like, uh, feel free to uh, contact us. At yes, time. we're on the Discord. Uh, also, yeah. feel free to hit me up on the Discord. Like I said, if you're looking for a TTRPG player, I'm not kidding. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so if you're so if you want to do that uh, with Chris, just let him know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, as always, thanks for listening, and uh, see you next time. Have a good week, everyone. Bye.